0: Hello and welcome to the Geth and podcast. This is episode number thirteen. Uh, today, I'm joined by Mister Sean Aspinall. Sean, welcome to the podcast,
1: mate. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's uh, it's a pleasure. No, nah, do you know what? It's
0: the pleasure is all mine um, because I am excited for this. It's probably one of the ones I've been most excited to, to be honest here. Um, oh, really? And I think it's because we've got quite a lot in common. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I think so. I think our interests are pretty, pretty similar, aren't they? So, like the research
0: side of things was a little bit easier. Um, and I did mention before um, we hit record that I tried to get dirt on you this morning, um, but there was no bent coppers in the family, put it that way. <laughs> I'm a saint. I'm a saint. I am. Yeah. Do you know what? As I say I tried. No, uh, no, no luck there. So uh, you cut off lightly there funny to me
1: in fishing though it still made me laugh uh
0: but let's go to the beginning origin project what is it where does it come across why why origin project
1: um so the whole reason it came about was um i was finishing my phd and i had had in mind i was going to do something like this so coming out of uni i always wanted to work in elite sport like elite sport was my thing i'm like that's where I want to go. Um, but the opportunities in elite sport are so tiny. Um, you have to be overqualified. And there's like a, what, 22-year-old kid coming out of uni. They're just not there. Um, so I went on to do a PhD and thought nutrition was kind of behind me. Come to the end of my nutrition degree, uh, not nutrition, my PhD, and um, you get funded for a PhD. So you get like a certain amount per year. Comes to the end, um, they're like, okay, so your last six months is, you don't get paid for your last six months. They were like, you've got to go and find a job. And I'm like, what do you expect me to do? And they're like, can you just go and wait, like go and work at like Swansea City and serve drinks behind a bar? And I'm like, listen, I'm not about that life. I'm just not. Luckily, I'd been giving nutrition advice for free to a few people at my weightlifting club because they'd asked me for it. They'd figured out my background. And um, I was like, you know what? I'll do a year free. Let's see what happens, see if something comes with it. And then this lack of funding was like, I got to find something and it almost just accelerated it. I think without that, I don't think it would have started that quick. Um, sometimes you need that kick up the arse though, I think just to be like, just do it. Cause there was the risk for me was I was never going to do it. Cause I was, I'm, I'm a kind of person who's like, if I sit on something for long enough, it'll always be a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah. Um, and then within three months, it was kind of <clears throat> born when was it, when did I make it? So it was, it went live on like December, 2019, I think. Um, No clients, no paying clients, no nothing. I was like, where on earth am I going to go with this? Like I was at my goal, honestly, was listen, if I get 10 clients throughout the whole year, I'll be buzzing. Um, And then I've no idea why it just boomed. And I'm like, well, okay, there we go. And then it was like, dive in the deep end and learn as you go. Yeah. Luckily I had, all the nutrition background anyway, but you'll know as well, like the theory side of things and the practical application of things. It's just two different things. Like yeah. the research papers are really good and they tell you everything, but you try and put that specifically to a person. Yeah. Just don't work, does it?
0: No, especially when it's a no two people are the same. So you exactly. can read one paper, but I mean, it might work for a percentage of people, but the vast majority,
1: it's not going to work. No, and that's that's the thing, because my lecturer always said to me, um, so I actually went to John Moore's. All my nutrition stuff was at John Moore's, so I worked um, underneath a bloke called Graham Close and James Morton, who at the time was, he was a nutritionist for Team Sky, and the other guy was a nutritionist for England Rugby. And they said to me, the issue with researchers is um, they don't know how to separate. They don't know how to make it. So um, they don't know how to make it user-friendly, if you know what I mean. Like, I, it's very, here's the science, crack on with it. Learning that was difficult, but um with her now, I think.
0: <laughs> well, I've done two or three um webinars and seminars with James Morton and yeah, yeah. Carl Evans. Oh uh, yeah, Carl Evans is good, yeah. Uh, d- d- talking a lot with Carl um through um Paul Reed, who yeah, yeah. also works with Vortex Sports. Um so yeah, th- and I know how high up James Morton is. Um to get, be taught and him being your lecture, I think you've got a couple of uh, steps advantage of majority of people who will be studying in nutrition. Yeah. So when you did your uh, master's, that was in sports nutrition. Yeah. Then you did your P- PhD after, is that
1: correct? Yeah, so I'm just finishing it. So I'll finish it in September this year. And that was in a uh, researcher... Uh, it was in exercise physiology, that was. So it was more towards... Um, it was more towards exercise, but because COVID, it's slightly changed. Um, it's gone down more of a nutrition side of things, like looking at relationship between BMI and health and things like that now. Um, it was supposed to be one thing, but you'll learn PhD-wise. The title is there, and then it just gets changed all the way throughout. So um, yeah, yeah f- Dr. Sean by the end of the year, which will be mental.
0: So two things you touched on there. First one, BMI. What's your opinion on it? Because there's such a big hoo ha about BMI. So you might have um, a, a female who is this height, this weight, and she's obese, but she's healthy. And then, yeah. you, uh, did I mean? Uh, for me, I think for general public, it it works. Yeah. For majority of the public, it works. For yeah. a potential of people, for example, if you have a, a rugby prop forward who is going to be m- most likely to be either over, uh, obese or over um, because of the height and size and weight. But yet again, probably one of the fittest on the team because they're going to constantly run and run and run. What's your standpoint on it? Because at the moment we've seen more people going against BMI and I see it a lot of my stories, people going like, oh, I'm overweight, BMI can fuck off. Like,
1: get a grip. It's, it's a tool. I think it is. I think it's like anything. I think it's like body weight as well. Um, For me, I think you've you've nailed it on the head. It's it's for a general population. It's a very good marker as to where you are because a lot of people, sorry, but they want to believe that they're overly athletic and overly muscular when realistically they're not. Um, They kind of believe they want to fit this 1%. And you're right. These percentage of people who are fit and overweight, like you look at bodybuilders, you look at, um, I don't know, like weightlifters and all this kind of stuff yes they fit that category but it's a very small percentage of people and I think if you can extrapolate just those people and say it's useless because of those people um it feels like a little bit of a get out close to me to say oh it's not accurate because it doesn't take into account my muscle mass and a lot of these people who are saying that I'm kind of like but you've not trained for three or four years like where's this massive accumulation of muscle mass and I I can understand it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people because it is literally an objective thing to say, listen, for your height, like you are unfortunately overweight. And it's a realization for a lot of people that yes, I am overweight, but I, I don't know what to do about it. And then it's where people like us come in and go, okay, well, well, maybe that is a start point and then we can kind of work backwards, but it's, you're right. It's, it's demonized. And I don't know why it's demonized. I think it's something easy to pick on. Like there's been a whole thing with, Oh, you don't need to weigh. And there's always a fad. And at the moment it's, oh, well, BMI is just crap. And I'm like, well, it's not. It's a good tool for health. Like, if you were to go to your doctor and they were to say, listen, you are overweight and you you didn't fall into that athletic category, then unfortunately you've got to do something about it. Yeah, no. I, yeah. Uh, and a lot
0: of people don't like to hear a um, t- uh, bit of tough love. They don't like, want to hear it. They want yeah. an easy life where, do you know what I mean? They will blame. If they can pick something to blame, they will blame. Um, so, for example, if... Sandra next door is overweight, but as you mentioned, she's not trained for a few years. Uh, She may have had a kid. I mean, she's not trained. She's not been active. She's tired because she's. I mean, she's gone from being moderate, whatever, to obese, and now she's not happy because she's the same height as what she was when she was there. And yeah, it's 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 an easy get out. I mean, um, and a lot of people will do the same with weight, as you mentioned, Um, and. I, I kind of get it. Um, you shouldn't be defined by your weight, but you also need to look at it from a realistic point of view and go, do you know what? Yes. And take responsibility and go, yeah, do you know what? I'm obese. Looking, let's do something about it.
1: Yeah. And my issue is with this is, um, and I don't want to kind of dive into it because I know there's a lot of people who go against it, but it's this very much health at every size thing. And I'm like, that's fine. If if you aren't going to damage your health in any, in any respect, but like, the evidence is kind of a there to suggest that if you are overweight, you are more prone to these kind of health conditions. It's not like, it's, it's like a lot of these things don't come about if you aren't obese. And unfortunately, yes, if you are obese, you put yourself in that risk category, whether you consider it healthy or not. Like I would ask you to kind of almost define what a healthy obese person is. Yes, you can live a, a, a perfectly good life. And there is probably a small percentage of people who don't see things like, these risk factors, but a lot of people will. And again, it's taking, this is my issue with it is people will take a 1% out and they'll go, Oh, well you can be obese and healthy. And I'm like, yes, but most people are not going to be And what in what right do you believe that you are that tiny, tiny, tiny 1%? Like, that's my issue with it because I saw it over Instagram all the time and I'm like, oh, my God, there's such a debate about this. And you're right, it's people not wanting to be labelled as anything yeah. or the harsh realisation that, you know what, I probably need to do something.
0: Yeah, and people won't take um, thing uh, responsibility. It's like when the fat doctor came on GMTV or ITV this uh-huh. morning. So a lot of people jumped on that. Yeah, uh, And her stats, uh, and I won't forget because it's drilled into me, that 30% of people who are obese are healthy. So that leaves 70%, not not that, that leaves the majority. Uh, yeah. And she came on as if to say that she was very proud of it and said 30% of people are obese and healthy. But that still leaves the majority not being. And it's exactly what you're saying that 1% thinking that they can grab onto that and hold on to that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the second point I'm going uh, to ask you with you was lockdown, you mentioned. Yeah, How yeah. does that affect you? Because obviously, being in Wales, um, Mark Drakeford uh, hasn't got a clue um, and I hope he listens to the podcast. Nice one, Mark. Um, <laughs> why, why open gyms three weeks after England but allow the borders to open so people in England
1: can still go to Wales? Honestly, uh, I thought the exact same thing, right? And I swear the blokes on a bit of a power trip. I'm like, <laughs> why are you doing it? Like, I think before when he was ahead of people in locking us down, I'm like, you know what? I can see it because yeah. England was a bit of out of control. And I'm like, you know what? If we knock it on the head, it's done. Yeah. Um, and we did that two weeks. It calmed things down. And then we had two weeks in the gyms and he was like, oh, sorry, we're closing you down again. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. But yeah, when he opened it up later, I'm like, you've opened so much more. Like, we have it's the old argument, isn't it? Why are they open shops and pubs before they open gyms? Yeah. Um because the gym I go to especially is probably one of the cleanest places I have ever been in my life. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, a, and you know what? I I worked in a gym before um, probably going to dub a few people in here. I worked in a gym before, um, well, the end of 2020. And we saw a lot of people when people locked down in England coming over to Wales to train. And I know the flip side, people going from Wales to England to train. I'm yeah. um, like, you, If they'd have opened it, there would have been no issue. And for for me, as far as I'm aware, Wales is doing really well in terms of COVID rates. It was doing really well then as well. And I think the issue was, is there was a thing on Twitter and it was like Sport Wales or something came out and said, his lockdown is based not on evidence. It's based on nothing. We have no evidence to suggest that it needs to be locked down. Yeah. The bloke just... Honestly, I was surprised he got back in um, because he just doesn't seem to know what he's doing. But i don't know for me it was hard because i do olympic weightlifting right and you can't olympic weightlift in your upstairs office like if i'm putting holes in the ceiling i'm kind of like oh so for me my training just took a bit of a dive in terms of wanting to do it but also um what i was actually doing so i kind of switched to just some bodybuilding stuff i kind of enjoyed it but it was still never the same as it like you still feel like you're just waiting for something
0: yeah
1: um I'd be interested to see because I know there's a lot of talk about this Indian variant and stuff. Whether we do end up locking down again, and I swear, honestly, I think if he locks down again, there's going to be riots. Honestly, I think he'll uh, kick off big time. Yeah,
0: because yeah. when I when I got um, the thing yesterday that Boris is going for a press conference at half five, I was like, here we go, here we go. Boris has had a couple of pints. He, he's had enough now. Uh, he's put a few pounds on now. He, he, he's got that liquid confidence he has now. mean, so he, he's probably been to Spoons at lunch, had a few with the lads, and now he's like, you know what, let's lock it down. They've, they've had a little game of, uh, uh, num- of days or whatever, haven't they? Yeah, he, yeah. He's lost, so... he's we'll lock it down, Boris. Um, can you imagine that? Matt Hancock and Boris playing Truth or Dare. <laughs> what a weird scenario that would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned your training, yeah, yeah, uh, and you're doing something quite, quite ridiculous at the moment, um, and I'm going to call it ridiculous because I couldn't couldn't think of how you do it. Um, so if anyone doesn't know, 75 hard, what is it, um, and yeah, why are you
1: doing it? So it was made by a, I think the owner of First Form in America put it out there, and he, I think on his podcast he boldly said that that only two people would finish it. Obviously that kind of ignites a fire in you, doesn't it? It's like, all right, I'm going to be one of them two people. I'm, I'm now the one percent of people. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Um, I saw it. So I got into TikTok in lockdown massively and I could sit there for like an hour and just scroll like. Right? And I saw this blog from America doing it. And I'm like, all right, I like this. I watched literally all 70 of his videos on it or 75 or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to give this a go for no other reason than to show that I can and I'm like I've not done any training I've not done anything for me and I'm like you know what sometimes as trainers and coaches we got to lead the way in showing people what you can do yeah um obviously with lockdown it's not been the case I'm like well why not align everything so when I come out of lockdown I don't have an excuse to fall back on like I could have easily gone into the gym and just kind of plodded about like just messed about with food and all that. And I'm like, you know what? That would have been nice just to bed myself back in. But I'm like, if I'm going to do it properly and catch up almost for lost time, why not do something a bit mad? So what it is, is every single day, it's two 45 minute workouts. One of them has to be outside. Um, You have to follow some elements of a diet. So it can be whatever diet you want, but you have to follow it strictly for 75 days no cheat meals, no alcohol. Now, I'll touch on cheat meals later because I think that's stupid. But no cheat meals, no alcohol. <laughs> um, a gallon of water a day and you have to read 10 pages of a book a day as well. Wow. Um, I'm like, why not jump in the deep end and just do an, a completely different routine? So far, day 13, I think this is today. Um, it's going all right. I've got me water. Yeah, um, and I'm with you on this. I'm with you. But it's it's hard because it's not even the physical side of it. I'm not tired. I'm not kind of fatigued from training, which I thought I would be like I've trained every single day for at least sometimes 80 minutes. Cause my gym sessions just run on um, for 13 days straight. And I thought I'd be knackered. But when you take a step back, you go, you know what? If you're sensible with training, you don't risk overtraining. If you're eating well, you don't risk it. And when you put everything together, yeah, that's what I mean. If you're doing one thing without the other, like if I wasn't following a diet to some element, yeah, I'd be falling to pieces, but I'm not, which is quite nice. Um, I have a mad stubbornness that I'm going to finish it, but there's been a couple of mistakes, right? So there's been a couple of times you have the rule is until you go to sleep to finish it. doesn't matter when you go to sleep, but you have to you go to sleep to finish right. it. I'm in bed the other day. I've completed everything. I'm in bed. I'm literally about to fall asleep. And you know when you kind of jerk yourself awake? Just before that, I'd fell asleep. I was like, I haven't done my progress photo. I'm like, there's no way... Oh, you have to take a progress photo every day, by the way. Right. No way I'm dropping this by missing a photo. Like I've done the hard stuff. I've not missed a photo. So half one in the morning, I've done my reading, just about to go to sleep. One in the morning, I've got the bathroom light on, taking a selfie. And I'm like, this is obviously, this is mad. But um it's going all right. It's going all right.
0: Mate, that's mental. Because I saw a lot of people uh, jump on the forty-eight. 48- 40 or something with David Coggins, and uh, hey. so run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Uh, so do 16 runs in total. And that I know it sounds really stupid, but I feel quite comfortable and confident with that because it's a simple, and I, it's not simple, but it, it's as simple as run. But yeah. with that it is more than one thing. And I don't think I could progress and process that much stuff at once um i'm terrible for taking progress photos week by week never mind day by day but you'll probably get into such a good routine yeah that you don't want it to end um, and you <laughs> might carry some things forward uh, i'm pretty sure you'll carry the stuff like i don't know what books you're reading at the moment but you can go in on that as well so i'm
1: reading <clears throat> i'm reading the four hour work week by tim Ferriss. right incredible Right. Well, this is my issue with that book is the first half of it is amazing. The second half of it is absolute trash. And I was, I'm reading the second half of it. And I'm like, this is just, he's talking about automation. He's talking about emails. And I'm like, mate, listen, I, I get this. I want to know more about the stuff at the beginning. You've sold me on the concepts. Like I don't need to know what you did. Like I'm not bothered about the way you built your business or so you're making 10 K a day. Like, Tell me about all the principles behind it. The principles I'm engrossed in, like the stuff about something he said. I I just picked this up yesterday. He said something about um, 20% of your clients will cause you 80% of the hassle. And I'm like, yes. Like He's like, you've got to give them less time because they'll take up most of your time. And I'm like, you know what? I get this now. Okay. So there's so many good principles in it. I I, I, I like the second half of
0: it. After reading that book, I got rid of three of my clients. Really? Yeah. And I'm going to be open and say it on a podcast that I did
1: um, because of exactly what you said. It's an eye-opener, isn't it? Because I, I spend them. a lot of time. I've got one person in particular, I'm not going to name names, but they are consistently like to check in, right? Um, and then they don't check in. And then they go, oh, can I have a call? And I'm like, yeah, fine. So we have this call. A day later, they just ring me anyway. and I'm like... Just because you're free doesn't mean I'm free. Yeah. And then they're texting me, they're like, can we do meal plans? I'm like, but last week you wanted a flexible diet and now you want a meal plan. I don't know this if you don't check in. And I'm like, this person drives me up the wall. Right. And I've still not got rid of them because I'm like, you know what? One day they'll come good. I'm hoping that one day they'll come yeah. good. But the more I read this book, I'm like, for some people, you just can't help.
0: Yeah. And it's true. Uh, and the like, obviously now I'm, I've gone from, being a chef to being so be, imagine being a chef a lady chef who just fucking hates people hates front of the house hates complaining hates everything just works 13 12 to 14 hour days hates people comes home just hates people
1: yeah
0: to now having to work with people i'm a different person now yeah, yeah. um much happier person and I, I just love solving problems but back then if someone came to me with a problem for example the food was cold or something like that it'd be a complete different reaction yeah um and I get it and I re- I've read a lot of books um, over the last couple years for someone who is used to be terrible at reading um I uh, bad especially in school and stuff I'd, I'd google um books Yeah, see what happened in them rather than actually reading the book so when it came to the teacher asking me what happened in this chapter I'd had my notes just did little notes so I was like that happened and I hadn't read the book I just googled what happens in this book um for if there's any kids listening there read your books (laughs) (laughs) I'm not taking responsibility for anyone failing any exams here um but yeah I used to be bad for it and but now like one of the the first books I read do you know what I've got it right here The hungry brain
1: mm.
0: uh, one of the first books I read uh, and uh, and it, the other one was this one um making weight everything else a combat sport oh nice yeah um, so they got me then I started reading stuff I enjoyed um obviously uh, the Subtle art I'm not giving a fuck um oh, yeah, yeah. James Smith both of his books i've Uh, read
1: his first one i've I've got his second one so that's my next book to read
0: uh the second one's incredible um i think that helped me a hell of a lot above the shoulders like Uh, clear the mind clear doing and james clear atomic habits probably one of the best books i've
1: I've got that somewhere I've, i've listened to that audiobook three times right easily one of my favorite books ever uh have you subscribed to his emails i have incredible um, so you know what? They're so punchy, and it gives me everything I need. The amount of screenshots got shots I've got of his emails on my phone. Yeah. I'm like, my phone reel is just his emails. I'm like, <laughs> the man knows what he's doing.
0: And do you know what? It's people, and this is um, a mindset thing as well, is you surround yourself with people who are better than you. Yeah. Um, because you'll people who are better better than you will never look down on you. Yeah. Um, do I mean, you get that? with people who are below you, they'll always try and look down at you sort of thing. Um, So yeah, (laughs) that 75 hard is probably too hard for
1: me. Um, Once I finish it, you can have a go at it, right? Because once you're in the routine, it's not too bad. Right. Okay. But
0: this is the second person now to come on a podcast and challenge me. The first person to challenge me to fucking (laughs) skydive. You couldn't get me to skydive if you paid me. Right, and this is why I said. Uh, so Sean Cash, um, he uh, is paralysed, and um, so he he's in a wheelchair, and he's done everything. He's currently he's currently learning scuba dive. Nice. Okay, so he said. To, I said. To him, oh, I don't know how he's how he used skydive. I'd be petrified. And he goes, challenge, you're skydiving. No, no. And he goes, I'm I'm disabled. You are skydiving. <laughs> And I was like, I- I'm really not. So I'm going to have to
1: stop doing podcasts. I'm going to have to get myself an early gravy yeah. better idea. Do 75 hard. On 75 hard, one of your days has to be skydiving. Take take, take them both off. Do it on the last day. Skydive as well. Oh. <laughs> Finish off with the skydive. Progress <laughs> post
0: on midair. Um, so you used to be, uh, or you used to kickbox a lot. I did. What was that like? Because many people... Cr- so you see a thing at the moment um, of fighters criticizing other fighters for yeah. pulling out and not being a warrior, not carrying on. Not, uh, and we saw it with when Billy Joe did it to Daniel Dubar. And then obviously Billy Joe got pulled out of his fight uh, and obviously Daniel Dubar has come back out. What's your opinion on fighters making comments? like that about other fighters. Not like calling them out, but that sort of comment because you've been in the ring. You've got a right to say what you think here. I've never been in the ring, so I can't yet say that, if that makes
1: I sense. See, I see a lot because it's just happened with Till, hasn't it, as well? Um, he got called out by the Italian bloke he was supposed to be fighting. Uh, Beton, like, yeah, yeah. or something. Beton. um It's an interesting one, right? Because there are probably... Some... It's funny because one of my first fights, right... I was fighting this. Now, this is a legit reason to pull out, I reckon. So it's not from me, but I was scheduled to fight on something like March the 20th. So I'm in a in a, in a camp. I'm getting ready. I'm cutting weight. Um, the I get a call one day. So I'm like four weeks into a camp and he goes, uh, the, the owner of this other gym goes, hang on. Uh, my gym's burned down. He's like, <laughs> my fighter's going to have to pull out. I'm like, I beg your pardon. So they pulled out instantly on the day. And then um, I got rematched for like two weeks later. Right. I was like, 5, 6, I was like, forget it. I, I'm not done a full camp, but we're ready to go. Let's just step in. Let's have a go. Um, I think it completely depends. I've seen because I've been in the Thai boxing space for quite a while, and I'm still in there with a lot of the fighters now. Um, and I'm doing nutrition for a bloke called Josh Hill, who's in like the top 20 world rankings. He's in like the top. He could be in the top five in the UK, I think. Um, that bloke, I've never seen anybody fight as much. I think he fought. F- nearly 12 times last year, not last year, in the year before lockdown, sorry. Wow. Um, and I've never seen a bloke more game to fight in my entire life. Like you could not get him to pull out if he broke bones, right?
0: Yeah. I think
1: he's a little bit, I think he's a little bit dim, but the bloke just loves <laughs> to fight, right? There's a lot of people who, I think if you've got a legitimate reason, then there's nothing for it. I think it's always going to be a bit of trash talk between fighters in you know? there. like, if, or you've pulled out or you, you're avoiding me and all this kind of stuff. I don't know if it happens as much these days. There seems to be a legitimate reason for a lot of people to pull out. Yes. Um, it's just a bit. Of, it's just a bit of trash talk isn't it. Like for me, I'm not one to cause confrontation. So if somebody pulled out for me, I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. Like what we're we doing next. Um, but th- yeah, so this is another thing as well. So again, this was me pulling out. So um, I was in another camp. So I'd fought then, and I was fought. So I fought in the February, and then I was fighting again in the May. Mm. Um, So I went out of camp for a couple of weeks and I was back in um, and I was training like an animal then. So I was literally doing like double sessions four times a week. And then I was training every day past Sunday. Um, Like my body was in pieces, Um, but I loved it at the time. Like I just loved getting hit in the face Um, and I'm two weeks out. I'm literally peaking like the last week we were going to do was just like a deload week just to kind of calm it down. Last sparring session, heavy sparring session, Noses all over the place. Like, I swear I broke my toes and stuff. I'm like, it's fine. Um, I come to the last guy. I come to the last guy. And I'm like, you know what? I am knackered. I'm absolutely shafted after this session. I've been beat. I've been shark tanked by quite a lot of guys. If you don't know what shark tanking is, it's you're in the ring and you don't get rest and other people jump in fresh <laughs> and what? you're just getting battered. Yeah. Um. So I'm out the shark tank. I'm like, right, I'm having a bit of a down. So I picked the easiest guy. I'm like, we'll go light. We're not bothered. And the last round is clinch. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll just hold on to him for a bit. I was quite good at, good at clinch then. Um, and what he does, what you're not allowed to do in clinch in tie, you're not allowed to hook your leg around the back of their leg because right. it kind of locks the knee in. Yeah. He's grabbed onto me straight away. He's hooked his legs around the back of mine and he tries to sweep me, but obviously because my legs are stood up, yeah. you can't go anywhere. So he's tried to sweep me, my legs locked into the floor. Tries to sweep me, nothing happens, By that he... Pops my cruciate ligament out of both sides of my leg. Literally, I thought my knee was dislocated. I hit the deck like a a sack of shit, right? Um, I'm writhing around in pain. I've never felt pain like it in my entire life. I'm screaming. I look down. I'm like, I know my knee's on the other side of my leg. Knee was fine. It's just swelled up like a balloon. So I'm two weeks out from a fight. I've gone with the easiest guy. I don't know it at the time, but he's just snapped my cruciate ligament. So I have nobody to drive me home. So I hobble to the car. I'm driving home on one leg. So I'm clutching and I'm accelerating (laughs) the right foot, right? All at the same time. I'm like, I don't know how I got home. Left foot breaking. (laughs) There wasn't even a left foot. I couldn't do anything with my left leg. Um, Driving down the motorway, I'm like, oh, you know what? I probably just pulled the muscle. I'm like, my knee's fine. That's fine. Get to the hospital because I'm like, listen, there's something wrong. I can't stand on it. Go to the hospital, go to A&E. They get me in. They're like, oh, it's just a soft tissue injury. You'll be fine. I'm like, oh, thank God because I'm fighting in two weeks step out of the hospital and if you don't know your acl kind of holds your like the top of your leg to the bottom of your leg as i'm walking out i'm like i'll try and walk normally my shin bone slipped behind my knee just went like this stood up against the wall i'm like now there's something wrong ended up in the fracture clinic the week later he's like you've not just torn it it just doesn't exist anymore so they went they went in and had a look and he's like normally we can see the ends of it yeah. And he's like, literally, what happened is you'd ripped it bone from bone. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, all right, well, how long is this? It's going to be what six weeks to get it sorted. He's like, no, 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 you need an operation. 18 months later, I'm back in the gym for the first time, and then from then on, it was just like, I just can't, you know, like mentally, yeah, I'm like, the shots that I would normally throw that I can't throw anymore, yeah. So, what do I do? My dream was to always go and fight in Thailand, my dream was to go and live in Thailand and fight in Thailand. I'm like, you know what? I feel 50% back to normal. I'm booking a flight. My mom's like, no, you're not. Book the flight the next day. Save some money, right? Book the flight. She's like, what? I messaged my coach. I'm like, right, you're going to have to find me a gym in Thailand to go and stay at because I'm going out for four weeks and I plan to fight whilst I'm out there. Go out there. I get a decent belt, a bit under training, but I'm training in the morning and I'm training on my own with the coach because I'm like, I can't spy it. I just can't mentally do it. Um, Go to Thailand. Therefore about 10 days, totally fine. Knees holding up. I'm like fighting the ties. Everything's feeling good. I'm getting thrown around by 15 year olds. Cause if you've never been to Thailand, if you want to be humbled at fighting, you go and get thrown around by a 50 kilo Thai boy. Like it's very humbling, right? Your level has to raise. Yeah. It's like you said, surrounding yourself with better people. Right. So I'm there. And then I've done a, I've, I've trained in the morning cause you do two sessions. You do a two hour session in the morning, you eat, you sleep, you go and do a two hour session in the evening. Done my two-hour session in the evening. They're like the boys are going playing football, Do you want to go and play. I'm like, well, not really, but I'll go. Um, go and play. Overreach for the ball. Knees gone again. I'm like, what? So my knees ballooned up. I can't even. It got to the point where I couldn't even turn left because my, I had to like pick my leg up to turn it. So I'm ten days into Thailand. Like I'm gonna fly home, fly home, and then on another like six months of rehab. Mad mate. And then I came back. And I'm like, listen, I don't think I can ever fight again, right? I just don't think I, I just don't think I can do it. Um, and that was it for me, which was sad because I'd done it since I was a kid. So I'd create, oh my god, my battery's gonna die. <laughs> uh, so if anyone's not watching
0: the video, Sean's just ran out because his battery's about to die. Um, but if it if it does die, we'll carry on. Um so that is just an incredible story, to be fair with you. Um the fact that booking a flight after such a horrific injury to then coming, coming back, booking a flight after a horrific injury, going to Thailand, train, um, silly hours, and then uh, the, the worst injury of it all comes back from football. Um, which, obviously, we won't say that anything about footballers because they do get stereotyped. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's that's nuts, um, to be fair with you. And I didn't expect that story to come on. I didn't know anything about it. So, um, so have you competed since then at all or not? In what? In kickboxing, tie, anything?
1: No, no, that was it. That, that was, was it. it. Yeah. Um, and how is Physically the knee? Fine. Physically fine. Mentally. Yeah. could not really get around the fact that it could happen again. Yeah. I was like, you don't get paid enough in Thai boxing <clears throat> to be able to do that
0: again. Yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense, to be honest with you, um, with stuff like that. And even at now, uh, at high level, UFC, MMA, uh, Bellator a little bit better uh, for pay. Uh, and a lot of that is due to sponsors. Um, and I think that UFC needs introduced to sponsors as well. Uh, yeah. Because fighters, uh, regardless of what um, organisation, they're still putting their life at the line. Uh, boxers get paid a lot better than thing.
1: Uh, I, I was surprised at how little people in the UFC get paid. Very little. Very, very little.
0: Um, okay. So... I read a thing, and I don't know if it's 100% legit, but it does seem quite legit um, for for what it is. Um, that 15% of the rev- revenue they make each week goes towards the fighter. So the split between the fighters, the other 85% go to the UFC. Really? Uh, and in boxing, 85% go to the fighters, and 15% go to the matchmakers. That's interesting. And that makes fucking sense for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I know a couple of UFC fighters who are, and I mean, their wages get shown up. Uh, and you see some fighters on 13 grand to show up, 13 grand to win. And I'm like, are you taking the piss?
1: Yeah. It's
0: mad, isn't it? doesn't matter if they're on 13 grand or 250,000, 300,000. Um, they're still, the, the risks are still the same. The families yeah. still need feeding. I mean, they might not have fought in two years. they no one, no one can live on thirteen grand a year. No, I mean a majority of people cannot live on thirteen grand a year, especially yeah, yeah. as a fighter. If you're trying to eat well, go to training, doing all this, if you've got family, it, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and I yeah. think that that needs to be looked at personally. Um, but if that is true, then I mean, no wonder people are going to Bellator. Brett Johns very open um, about going to Bellator because of oh, the pay, yeah, um, and he's fighting next weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, um, so fat loss for athletes. Uh, we were quite a while into our podcast for fat loss for athletes. Um, what's, what, what's the main difference when it comes to fat, fat loss for athletes versus fat loss for general <coughs> public as such? Uh, and I'm not like generalizing people, but athletes as the elite athletes to compare. So if you've got Brenda, who's 52, who loves bingo, against an elite athlete, what would be the the main difference? Obviously, Brenda just shouts bingo or how's going on again?
1: (laughs) I think for me, it's the specifics. I think with, and you'll know this, with a lot of kind of lifestyle clients, you can get away with them making very basic changes and seeing quite a lot of results. And you can get away with basic changes for quite a while and seeing amazing results. But when it comes to sport, like I, I don't think just good enough cuts it for anybody else and it's the level of specificity that you get it's understanding the athlete specifically because every sport is different and every athlete is different whether it's ufc or whether it's triathlon or whether it's weightlifting like the specific needs to everything while some of the same principles apply it's the specificity completely differs um like energy output and recovery and things like that um can you risk going lower on rest days in terms of calories to pull weight down like all of these things you have to think about in the long term as well. So it's not just we're not just going week to week with a rate of weight loss. It's okay. Well, we have an event in mind, and then we've got to work back from that. So I'll give you an example. So when we were working with Tom before the Arlovsky fight, um, Tom's got this thing right. <laughs> Probably kill me for saying this. He keeps sending me pictures of the Rock. Right? He's like one of the like the Rock. I'm like,
0: <laughs> you know what? I I, had, um, I can't remember the fighter that you showed me, um, <laughs> and it's very similar to the built um, he's got this mindset
1: hasn't he <laughs> It's so funny he's like when am I going to look like the rock I'm like unless we're getting on some extra supplementation you ain't looking like the rock and if he's um, sad still a lot around then it's going to take a little bit longer <laughs> well, like for example for him we had a date in mind for the Eilofsky fight yeah. and it was like well we're fighting on this date what do we do to work back from it I'm like alright well we have a goal in mind we have a very short period in which to do it and it was then building it in so that we could get what he wanted, but not compromise performance in any way. So it was like, regardless of what he wanted, because he would have liked to dieted all the way up to the Aloski fight. We dieted from, say, it was the back end of December, and we did six weeks hard. And then for the last four weeks of the Arlowski fight, he was in pretty much calorie maintenance, calorie surplus. <clears throat> um, so that he went into that kind of on the button, ready to go. And I think it showed on the day as well. Like we changed so much in terms of how specific he was getting with things in terms of what he was eating per day. And it was, it was taking like things like carbohydrate level to levels that he, he had never seen. He didn't know a lot about it anyway, but it was taking things like that to levels that he'd never seen before. Yeah. Um, And very much the same, like now, like we have a date in mind and it's, we work back from that specific date and then it's just money. It's it's a lot of risk management as well. Like with, with lifestyle clients, it's very much, okay, well, if we lose more than 1% a week, happy days the client's happy as long as they're not hungry and as long as they're not suffering in work we can get away but then we've got to kind of match up with well do we need to even get to one percent a week with with fighters and and athletes like that probably not does it risk performance and then do we start to risk other things like injury and illness because these people are at the peak and we know as intensity goes up the likelihood of you getting like um respiratory infections goes up as well so we've got to manage health as well as performance and um like you can give a, a lifestyle client a protein and a calorie target and they crack on. But if I gave an athlete a protein, a calorie target, then the food quality may suffer. Like the timings of meals may suffer. Like the way in which they're getting their carbohydrate in may suffer or the specific carbohydrate they're getting in may not be quite right. Um, it's not that it's more hands-on. It's just there has to be more of an outline plan with yeah. a lifestyle client. It can be a little bit more generic and you can move week to week. Um, it has to be a little bit more on the button, and it has to be very specific to the sport. Like another example, I've got a triathlon girl, right? She's, she's about five foot and she weighs 50 kilos. The girl is on nearly 500 grams of carbohydrate a day, which is astronomical, right? Like I have bloats who are massing who are not on 500 grams of carbs a day. Yeah, yeah. And I then that goes it. back to the specifics then. And I think this is an issue with people, especially athletes who are, uneducated coming into things like 500 grams of carbs seems obscene, right? <clears throat> but then, like we said before, like working with James Morton, when he was at Team Sky, those athletes are doing near 15 grams per kilo of carbohydrate a day. So they're pushing over a thousand grams of carbs per day. I'm not saying everybody needs that, but my goal with everybody, whether it's weight loss clients or athletes is what are the best people doing? And then we work backwards from there until we get to the level that you need. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm not about kind of, I think, Everybody should always aspire to be the best, and if we can deliver the best service, then they feel like they're getting somewhere. Hundred percent agree
0: with that. Um, and it's you mentioned five hundred grams of carbs. That's that's two thousand calories alone. Yeah, um, and a lot of people will. I mean, they won't see two thousand calories. And if you are five foot and fifty kilos, you do not need this so many calories okay no of course no no this is you know I mean? I don't, please don't do this <laughs> you know what I mean? these are sort of things that people be like i did it on a podcast it's true everyone needs it you don't there is this is where specific athlete comes into mind because yeah. the amount of training that goes into this to be able to get the fuel from these carbohydrates to able to perform at this level is ridiculous
1: so please justify it you have to be able to justify it like this is my (laughs) what i see with people going here's what i eat in a day yeah because i hate it okay that's what you eat in a day and yes you look a certain way but that does not translate to anybody else like there's one very very good bikini athlete that i follow. my obsession at the moment is with bikini physique because i think for females it's harder to lose fat because consistency, because periods, because of everything else that comes with it, I think for females, they get it a lot harder. So for me, female physique is the best thing to look at. Um, and I follow one girl... What's your standpoint time... on this? Go on, sorry.
0: What's your standpoint on female bodybuilding and competing? No, not bodybuilding. Sorry, bikini comp- competing. For me, I am not the biggest fan of it because of the hormonal side of things and how it affects the body and how it could stop a lot of things that females were supposed to do research. so obviously it can stop the cycle it yeah. can really hinder um the sex side of things as well and for and I, I might not know enough information to actually be able to have a full-on strong opinion but for me i'm not a big fan of it and if someone said to me can you get me in shape i'd probably turn them down because maybe because of i'm not too familiar with it maybe
1: um but you might have a better um I think the fitness space in that instance is filled with a lot of people who mess a lot of people up. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of girls who are not at an elite level who want to be at an elite level, but the coaches have messed them up so bad in the past that they do see like stopping periods and and, and that kind of thing. Now for me, a lot of issues with this is that one women aren't a lot of, and, and I don't want to cause any aggro with this, but there's probably a lot of fem- female physique athletes who, need to do a lot more in the off season in terms of gaining size to cut down so that they don't have to manage these really bad changes. Like, again, I go back to this, this bikini girl that I follow. And she did a 20 week prep, which I think is a good time to do. Like this isn't a 12 week thing, like 20 weeks worth of prep. She flexible dieted and meal plans. So she got a bit of both. There wasn't mad food restriction. Yes. That the, the demands on her to do more cardio and fit a mad routine of that, but, she got to the end of the thing she won this pro card and she hadn't lost a period she looked in ridiculous shape and the issue is with relationship with food a lot of people come out of the and i my phd i was sat next to a bodybuilder so i learned a lot from him in terms of what it is really like being in there um and he'll tell you himself he was almost borderline eating disorder when it came after competitions because you do you do have to do levels of restriction right and it's very much the same with you. It's people don't know what to do the diet after the diet. Yeah. And once you get after the diet, it's I think if you have a good plan to reverse out of a, of a prep phase or whatever, you'll probably be okay. Um, but there's a lot of people out there giving a lot of rubbish information. And then I think this is what filters back to people like you who maybe don't see it um, is it gets generalized again in terms of, Oh, this is a really bad thing. Now the issue is, is I think there's probably a lot more bad coaches delivering rubbish advice to get girls in that shape than there is good ones but I'm seeing a bit of a shift in terms of a lot of good coaches coming through. Like my goal as a coach with origin project, and I've no idea why, but it's been a goal for ages, is to take a girl through a whole prep and go to show. Um, That's like one of my main things, but I want to do it and show people maybe like you and everybody else, here is the proper way to do it because the principles of getting somebody stage ready is very similar to what you would do to get somebody beach ready. It's just, you have to take them past beach ready. And it's Emma story Gordon posted it today. And I think you retweeted and I did as well. I'll put it on Instagram is fat loss is 80% mental, 20% food and diet. And yeah. it's, it's, you don't get a lot of people who are willing to get that extra post. You don't get many people who are going to get beach body ready. Right. But you don't get many people who want to get prep ready. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's getting better, but I think there is still a lot of negative stuff attached to it and there will always be because there's probably a lot of people who go into it. And I think you have to have a mad obsessive personality to do bodybuilding or bikini shows. Like you have to be so dialed in. It is like going to elite athlete status, except you're playing with weight and emotion and food a lot more than these other elite athletes are like your focus is getting unnaturally lean. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's never going to breed positivity, but I think there are people showing you the right way to do it now and I think the more we see of that, the better. But I think there's always going to be charlatans, which there is always going to be anyway. And there'll be a lot of girls and blokes who do suffer from it. Um. But I kind of want to not be the forefront to change it, but show people an example of here is how we did it properly.
0: Yeah, and it's one thing that I'm very open with um, and I'm very honest with, like I said to you, I don't know enough about it, but at the moment, this is my current opinion on it. And I'm, you know what? Yeah. I'm more inclined for people to go, well, do you know what? When I do this, I'll, I'll show you. I'll do I it. Mean, and I'm like, oh, fucking no, hell, thank you, sort of thing, rather than going,
1: no, it's wrong. I hate it. No. Well, what's interesting is, is I mean, I've got a, I've just taken on a new coach, Roger Project, um, which is quite nice. She's a female physique athlete. She starts prep next week. So we're going to video the whole prep. Right. We're going to go from start to finish. I'm not doing her prep. She's getting prep from another coach, but we're going, From start to the end of prep, we're going to show what life is like for prep because regardless of if you do it properly or not, it's very, very difficult. So people who sign up to prep have to be ready for the difficulties that come with it, and a lot of them aren't, right? And this is probably where all the issues come from, is all of a sudden they're they're not enjoying food and they're not eating a lot of food, basically, and then it starts to spiral into these other things because I've got a a Paralympic... um, disco store right who's going to the games this year and we always talk about how people think that the gap between being a really good athlete and elite athlete is really small when realistically the difference between gem pop and a really good athlete is here and the difference between a good athlete and elite athlete is like up here yeah like you have to do three four times the extra work to get to this elite athlete status and this is just with bikini prep is and bodybuilding it's accessible to everybody and everybody thinks that they can do it and there's probably a lot of people who aren't ready to do it, who think it's easy to do.
0: Um, and one other thing that I I I not the biggest fan of, and I might get fucking slated for saying it. Um, and I'm very, I'm gonna to stick to my opinion on um, it. I don't like people, um, especially coaches, um, who are. Do I mean they use all these supplements? Um, inject themselves. They do this, that, and the other. And claim it's just to be from training and dieting. Okay. And I've got no issue with people doing it. Yeah. But be honest.
1: Exactly.
0: Be be honest about it and say, listen, I'm not a natural athlete. I'm not a natural coach. I'm not a natural bodybuilder. But this is an example of someone who is. Yeah. This is my journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. and I, I have I've full on with them. I've got no issues with
1: them doing that. But you know, what the work is- goes in regardless. Like the work yeah, you have to do is the same. It's just the results you get are completely different. Um, and this is what I see a lot of times on Instagram as well, is I know, like, I've seen a lot of coaches who uh, look at this natural transformation. And I'm like, I know it's not. The bloke has just lost 15 kilos, but has gained 10 kilos of muscle. I'm like, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> like, st- stop selling people down the river of this is what it looks like. Because it doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have that issue as well. Because like you said, Gymshark, like everybody's natural. I'm like, are they though? I'm like, they all look like Zeus and they're all just natural, are they? Like, don't get me wrong. The guys have mad genetics, evidently, and so do the females. Yeah. But they also have mad genetics mixed with a few extracurriculars. And I'm like, I'm fighting losing battle here. I'm like, if Gymshark's doing it, I'm like, everybody's doing it. And people inspire to be like the people of
0: Gymshark and fucking people who do this, that and the other. But I just want people to be honest and say, do you know what I mean? Like the natural bodybuilders and stuff like that all for it. Well done. Well done. Do you know what I mean? To go completely clean all through. Nice. But then the, the other side of it where people are claiming to be natural or claiming to be, something and and then other people inspired him to be like that and this is my journey that's how I did it I did it in four weeks where I've gained 20 kilos in muscle and I honestly
1: didn't touch a single needle like fuck off mate I've started following right. a bloke called um it's called AJ Morris uh a natural bodybuilder and he very openly natural like he, he you, you look at his physique as well and you can tell it's not enhanced yeah the bloke shows you what it's like. He's like, listen, I've just gained like an absolute significance. He went from 70-something to kilos, to, like 90-something. The bloke's soft as hell, right? But he's also massive. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, he's got good genetics, but I'm like, I want more of this. I want more people who look ridiculous from being natural to show you, yes, this is what is possible. Um, I more also
0: of, follow I a think- natural bodybuilder, builder, which I'm going to try and get on the podcast as well. Nice. Uh, Project Natty Goat. Okay. Uh, he also suffers with bipolar and stuff as well. And he's so good on his stories and he's so yeah. honest about how he feels about every day, how one minute he loves training, the other minute he fucking hates it. He absolutely hates training. And with his bipolar as well, it's, it's incredible to like, not in that sense, but it's incredible to watch the difference in the mood and he's very open in it all. He's like, today I, I'm not training. I'm not training. And someone will message him saying, go and train, go and train. And he'll, he'll show the screenshots of, like, got this message, I'm going to go and train now. It's pissed me off, I'm going to go train. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's brilliant, he's he's Geordie. I'm pretty sure he's Geordie. Yeah. Uh, but I, if you're into that, I'd definitely go and watch him. Uh, Sean Sean Goats Sean Goatsy, I think his name is. And uh, not the footballer that used to play for the City. <laughs> um, so, you mentioned uh, with uh, briefly with Tom, uh, obviously, for obvious reasons, you can't disclose if there's any dates in been set and what data and who and everything um but how are things going and um, we'll
1: obviously touch a little bit about it he's going really well you know he's um he's doing really really well so it's nice to see i love the elite athlete mindset i absolutely love it because it's like if something works and they're invested in it they go and do it and this is what i'm all about i'm like Sorry. they don't need to be around the bush if it works and you can show them it works they go and do it and with tom it's very much that and we speak very regularly about a lot of stuff um, like I'm getting somebody to take over his SNC stuff, we're taking over his old nutrition. Like Origin Project's going to take over pretty much everything that he does outside of fighting. Yeah. Um, which is really nice because he's one looking in incredible shape, and some of the performances that he's putting in the gym um are really good, despite him being a lighter athlete now. Yeah. Um, we have a little bit of a range in which we have agreed to stay, um, just to kind of be competitive at that heavyweight level. Yeah. Um, So we've worked him quite the way down and then worked him back up. So he's kind of there. And then once we get um, the green light, which we anticipate coming pretty soon, um, we're going to go into this camp very differently to the last one. So we we went into the last one trying to shave off a little bit of stuff and he came in looking really good. I thought he looked really good. He looks better. He's going to come in looking even better now. Um, We're just trying to make him the next level. So when we go into this camp, it's going to be, I'm teasing with the idea of, of almost surplus calories every day so that he is almost over-energised because I think when it comes to these fight camps, people underestimate how much energy output that he's, he's doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the performance he put up against Arlovsky, I'm like, he's comfortable at weight. He's very strong at the moment. He's very quick naturally anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think going into this in a place where he recovers 100%, um, it could be fireworks when he gets in there, which would be amazing to see.
0: Um, I don't know if you've seen the photo of John Jones uh, that came out last couple of days. No, no. Uh, so I'll send it to you after this. But do you know what? I'll, I'll show it to you now whilst we're on this. Uh, oh, awesome. so, so he's he's currently at 260 pounds. Oh, God. damn. Um, and uh, if you thought John Jones was scary before, um, I would much prefer to fight Nganu, I think. <laughs> <laughs> because um, let me just see if I've got it up on here. Because um, I, I took a screenshot because I knew uh, I'd show it to someone. Um, so we just show. Oh, my God, he's big, isn't he? Uh, and I know the, the quality is a little bit shit. But... No, I see, yeah. So he's two, up 260 at the moment. Um, and I I know we, you won't be getting Tom to 260.
1: Um... What's that in terms of kilos? My, I work in kilos, which is that. One... Okay, One... 118. Oh my God, that's like, that kind of, there's not many guys in the UFC at heavyweight who are kind of above 115. Like there's nope. very, very few of them. No, and obviously
0: I, I know the window that you're working within. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's
1: at 260. Um, I saw it and I was like... I'd be really interested to see what his gas tank is like at 260. Yeah, I don't uh, think he'll fight at 260. I think he'll come down to about whatever 112 to 114 is in terms of pounds. Um, there's no way he's fine at 260.
0: Uh, but Engano's 265. That is his last fight, he walked in 265. So if that fight does get made, I think that you'll have to put a bit of size. Yeah, in that,
1: yeah, because is just a different beast in terms of size. Isn't
0: he? he is. Um, he is ridiculous. Um, so, where, where, where we? One of the so first question um, is, what is your go-to meal pre okay. pre training? Yeah post-training, and what is your little thing for during training to stop fatigueness?
1: So I tend to train in the morning. So my go-to at the moment, and this is just part of 75 hard routine, so it's pretty much the same every day. I tend to go for about 100 grams of Frosties. Now, there was a bit of controversy, right? I layer my Frosties in a ton of milk. So I put it on my story, and I had like 500 mils of milk on these Frosties. I saw this the the other day, actually. People thought it was an absolute abomination, right? The goal is, right, just eat them before they get soggy. Um, But the extra milk, like, got to be done. So I tend to go for Frosties as, like, a pre-workout carb, um, some milk, and then I'll have, like, a protein, some element of protein with the breakfast as well. Um, Intra workout, um, it used to be this. So it used to be the Lucozade stuff. Now, I'm a big believer that intra should probably be fluids. Only because, depending on the duration of your session, fluids are going to get in and out rather than, quicker than food. Yeah. Um, but I tend to just keep eating apples, and I've no idea why. Literally just something to eat on. Because by the time I eat and then go to the gym, it's not. I'm not hungry, but I'll just yeah, do yeah. something there. Um, or, I lie, I lie. Um, I'm into Frosty cereal bars. I don't know where the Frosties things come from, no. but cereal bars for me, take them in a wrapper, eat them between sets, sorted. Like, two is about 36 grams of carbs, which is an intro, it's totally fine. And then post um at the moment it's, it's dead boring it's 150 grams of dry weight rice which turns out to be like nearly 300 grams of rice i think um i'll do two or three chicken thighs so it works like 250 grams and then i've got an obsession with the yo sushi sauces right so right. like the, the it's called like barbecue yaki or something right um, and that and that is it and it's just dead boring but it's just dead easy to do yeah
0: and this is the thing it doesn't have to be complicated No. I get shit all the time when I post my breakfast because I have uh, 128 grams of uh, the Cookie Bites Yes, cereal. Okay. That is my go-to. When I come back from the gym, I will have 100 grams of Cocoa Pops. That is my go-to after the gym. Yeah. This is the way it is. Same after jujitsu, I will have cereal. And people are like, oh, you're boring, you're weird having cereal, you need a protein shake. I'm like, fuck off, mate. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't know... Not every training session requires protein after, straight after. Not everyone. Some things do, but not everything has to be straight on protein, protein, protein. And this is what a lot of people get wrong, I think, is when they've just done uh, an hour on the treadmill um, and they they nail three gallons of protein shake because I mean, they've seen it on Google. Yeah. Um, what's the best thing after a workout? And it's gone with protein shake. So everyone's going with protein shake. And... It's misled. People get misled so, so easy at the moment. And this, that I've got a client now. Um, and he said to me the other day that so he sends me a lot of different pages, different people, what they post and say, is this true? And I'm like, listen, unfollow that person. Yeah. unfollow that person because it's bollocks. And yeah. he's done dieting for years. He did the one to one diet. Uh, if you are listening one to one, you're a load of fucking bollocks. Um, because, and that's my opinion before he slandered me for anything. <laughs> because, he was on 800 calories for one week, 90 um. calories for one week, 1,200 for one week and 1,500 for one week. Okay. And the poor lad lost so much weight. You stopped the diet because he was like, right, I'm I'm happy. I'm done it. I'm financially, I'm getting a little bit iffy. So I'm going to stop it. And you, Put the weight back on because he's not been educated in how he's lost the weight and this yeah. is the job I've got now um it's picking up pieces like this that I, I I love doing because it gives me a great responsibility and it gives me something that I'm really working with but I hate the fact that these dieting companies don't teach people how to lose weight um I've signed up for Weight Watchers emails because I think it's brilliant what I read on it yeah and uh, World also signed up for them because I just love listening to what they say um but it's it's one of them I'm like and you keep sending me diff- stuff different things like make overcomplicating it you're overcomplicating
1: it honestly chill yeah. out my like, one of my main things i don't know if this is controversial but i say this to everybody i'm like i'm not impressed with the weight loss mm-hmm. the weight loss doesn't impress me i think anybody can lose weight yeah it, like it's the easiest thing to do it's easier than massing in my opinion it's Really easy to do. The marker of a good weight loss is if you can keep it off. It's the diet after the diet because it, you can lose the, the weight, but if you don't keep it off, then what was the point in the last three or four months? Like, and my thing to a lot of clients is like, listen, we will do, take you through the whole diet, but then once we have finished the diet, it's a case of we're going to either reverse diet or we're going to shoot straight back to maintenance. We're going to maintain this for four weeks, then we're going to start to be flexible with our diet again and reintroduce normal diet habits. Yeah. Um and that's the way it's got to be because keeping it off and learning how to manage a new body weight. Cause what a lot of people do is they'll shoot straight back to old calories. And I'm yeah. like, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And the goal for me always is to tease people as high as possible. So like if I, if, if the BMR is estimated or the TDE is estimated to be like 2,600, I'm like, if we can move more, we can get it to 2,800 and you can eat a lot more food. Yeah, And I think Teasing it and making sure that it's going in the right direction is probably the best thing to do. But keeping it off for me is is the best thing. If you can keep it off. You've, this you've is stopped. my goal. Yeah. Exactly the same as me.
0: I said, to, um, I said to the same lad, he said to me, but I lost two stone in six months. And I went, yeah, no worries. But I'd be much more impressed if you lost two stone in six months and then kept it off for another year. Ooh. I'd be a lot more impressed with you. Um, or if you lost a pound a week for two years i've been much more impressed with that or do i mean um than the quick weight loss and don't know what to do um and that's the job that i enjoy doing um i understand sometimes some coaches will be like there you go your meal plan this is what you do right i'll see you next week for checking and that's it and i'm like no 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 that's not the that's not the coaching side that's just giving someone a um, something you've just googled um oh, and, yeah. and I, I find it quite a lot of, quite a lot of people at the moment are coming to me who have dieted and i think it's because i'm very open on my opinion on i'm and, and, sorry have dieted with these groups as such um, yeah. and not been educated and i see it a lot and i think it's because i'm very open in my opinion on it yeah um, that people are like oh wait a minute he's with a minority that is very open about it. And you're the same. You're quite vocal in how you feel about stuff. And I see
1: a lot of, and I've said this to a blog today, I see a lot of shit coaches. I see a lot of marketers, very good marketers, very poor coaches. And I'm like, I, if I never market myself in my entire life, but I do coaching well, fine. But if I ever turn into a marketer, I'm going to cry. Because I'm like, all these people are like, Uh, there's one person in particular, right? And this business coach keeps sliding into my DMs. And I'm like, mate, I've seen the people you work with. I have no interest in being one of these people. From just looking through Instagram now, I can see who's working with him by the style of post. And I'm like, "Uh, it bothers me because I've got a client, right? She wasn't, she's not an elite athlete, but she's half decent. She goes, right, I'm going to tell this girl this story. So this girl's got like 4K followers. She posts her finances on Instagram all the time. I'm like, oh, bore off, babe. Um, like nobody cares. Like I honestly couldn't care less. So she's got like all <laughs> that shit on her Instagram about all eight k months. I'm like, <sighs> um. So she messages her and goes, she she already she was already with me at this point. She just wanted to test the waters. She goes like, listen, I'm going to the Commonwealth game. She goes, uh, um. I'm looking to like lose some weight. I'm looking to maintain performance. Is that something you can do? And she goes, yeah, yeah, totally, babe. And I'm like, all right, well, we've hit her with a babe. So obviously I'm a bit questionable anyway. Yeah, babe, totally, totally fine. I can do all that. I can meet your needs. And she goes, okay, just kind of out of curiosity, do you have any qualifications or or anything like any experience in nutrition and stuff? She's like, no, babe, I'm just a PT, but I don't think you need all that. And I'm like, hang on a second. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, what are you gonna give her? You're gonna give a steps and a protein target, yeah? I'm like doing my head in. So honestly, me, we just laugh at her all the time, and it's really sad because I shouldn't be bothered about other people, but yeah. it's people like this who we have to pick up the pieces for. And I'm like, you could have ruined that athlete, and if she was legitimately going to the Commonwealth Games, because um, I've got a few Commonwealth Games athletes on my books anyway, but I'm like, if she was going to the Commonwealth Games and she was with you for prep, one, I don't think she's making the weight. Two, I don't know what you're going to do with her because what are you going to tell her to do? Do a four-hour weightlifting session and then go and do 20K steps? I don't think so. Um, And the fact that she just said, I don't think you need qualifications to deal with it. I'm like, you are part of the issue. You are the marketer who makes me sick because honestly, I said it on my story. I'm like, you're stealing a living. I'm like, you are stealing a living. And- She does my head in, absolutely does my head in. And then she posts these transformation photos six months down the line. She's like, well, maybe she's not changed weight, but that's not what it's all about. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's not what it's all about. Maybe that's not what she came to for. But I know the girl who you're speaking about. She came to you to lose weight. What are you doing with her? Yeah. Marketers do my head in. And I'm like, you can be a good marketer and a good coach, but if you aren't a good coach, you get found out really quick. And these are the people who turn over clients all the time. Yeah. yeah. This is what what gets my fire going, right? Because a lot of good people making an honest living, doing really good. And there's a lot of shit. And I see a lot of shit because I follow it and I don't know why I do. Um, I'm like, you are what's wrong with fitness. You are what people come to me after.
0: And you see in their photos, a lot of the, these coaches, you'll see in their photos that 99.9.9% of their photos and stuff is all of them. It's not about their clients. It's not about anyone else other than them. Yeah. So how they got in shape and how they did this and how they did that and it's it's the same thing and then um, you'll see as you mentioned you'll see the same similar posts getting mentioned same sort of pain points get mentioned yeah. and like so you're working with him or her and you're working with her as well or and it, you can you can see it the away and for people who might not have seen or clocked
1: onto it. You see it honestly. Um, I know it bothers now. me as well. And I, I know I'm sure we better at sales and all that kind of stuff because we gotta do it. Like it's the shit side of it, but we gotta do it. Yeah, of course. I'm not somebody who's gonna dive into the DMs and give a sales script, right? So I'm speaking with a bloke today who's with this coach, and he's like, He's got he's like in my notes, I've got a sales script that he's wrote for me. And I'm like, I beg your pardon. He's like, I go into the DMs and I send them this sales script. And I'm like, and then what? And he's like, Yeah, they tend to sign up, and I'm like. I have issue with sales scripts. I'm like, I just have issue with it. And I don't know why. Um, so there is a, I mean,
0: we are both with Stu and that. So we both have the same sort of opinion on this, um, high ticket coaching and all this. And uh, I have been very fortunate to receive um, uh, high high ticket script to see what it looked like um yeah. and after so, that i will forward it over to you um because i looked at it and i went do you know what, i'm gonna try it i'm gonna see if it works just do do you know i mean i'm gonna next person yeah. i call i'm gonna see and halfway through i went i can't do it anymore you can't, can't I was like listen i
1: can't i can't do it do you know what I mean it's it's not me It's not Uh genuine. It just feels forced, and I'm like, you attract the wrong wrong people because you're selling to somebody who isn't ready. Like, I'm not interested in your money per month if you aren't ready to do this. Like, you have to be invested in the whole idea of it rather than coming to me just because, like, I made you promises that I'm not going to keep. Do you know what I mean? And it just marketers just do my head in. And and as you say, we have to market to a
0: certain point, but. It's when does it get sleazy, right? Yeah, and it's it's not just sleazy; it's repetitive way forward, and you can see it coming. You're like, oh, so today that person's going to be in their grey
1: boxes. Okay, yep, yeah, no problem. The same photo comes up again. Um, and let, it, me tell you, let me tell you a quick story as well before I forget. So I'm not going to name names, but it's it's somebody from this business coach, right? So I know what he was doing because I saw three or four other people at the time sign up to other coaches. And I know what they're doing. They come and see what you do. And then they take what you're good at. And then they do it. And I'm like, well, you, you can't do what I'm good at. Cause you don't know the level of nutrition I know. Yeah. Um, and that's not me blowing my own trumpet, but I know this person didn't have any nutritional qualifications. To the point where second check-in, she's like, okay, can you help me deal with this client? Can you tell me what macro splits this should be on? And I'm like, I beg your pardon. Um, she's like, yeah, well, I don't really know. And I'm like, but you're charging more than me. Yeah. <laughs> you're charging a fortune and you don't know how to build somebody's diet in terms of flexible diet and macro splits. I'm like, she's like, should it be this percentage? I'm like, well, for a start, it shouldn't be percentages. I'm like, you work it on an individual, individual, yeah. individual basis for, for body weight. I'm like, she's like, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, but that's your issue. not mine. <laughs> And this is it marketing. And I'm like, come on, man, be better. Just be better.
0: But the thing is that, that. Uh... A lot of this comes from the top though. So 100 yeah, percent It's not their fault. But you get high ticket please. sellers who I mean I get I say once one every week to two weeks, I get requests coming. You see it, and you're like, oh, I'm excited to see what this is. <laughs> click you out. Hi, mate, great page there. Great post about this, that, and the other. Um, can you just tell me how how much you're earning so far this month? Do you want to earn triple that? And do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna name names here. So there's two brothers, okay, and they have got something like three or four million followers between them, and even okay. per page. And one of them messaged me asking me, "Do I want to do want to earn? Do I want do I want to gain more followers?" I went, "I'm all right, thank you." And he went, "What about gaining more money? And does it bring happiness?" And he went, "No, but you'll you'll be able to afford more." I'm like, "But what if I'm happy with where I'm at now?" Exactly. Yeah. And he goes, well, I've got this coaching um, thing coming up and this. And I was like, listen, you, you, I've got a lot of money. You've got a lot of followers. Go and pester someone else. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not interested. And I was working with um, Jamie Alderton and he taught me a lot about building a business. Yeah. Building businesses and stuff like that side of thing. And I never once got a sales script off him. Yeah. which I was really ha- really happy about when when you look back and go do you know what I, lo- I learned a lot about this that and the other I never got an email saying right next call this is what we do um which quite nice really um but then you see some people and there's one of the biggest in the industry that do it as well um and it annoys me because everyone blows his trumpet every day um and I'm like Three honestly names. name names I can't because. To be fair, I was higher than him in the charts a few weeks ago anyway, so it's all right on the podcasting chart. Nice. (laughs) So we need to get back up there. I've come back out of them now. Um, So, yeah. Um, Where do you see yourself uh, within the next 12 months? And
1: this is not a sales script, by the way. (laughs) Um, For me, I've got quite a few exciting projects in the line. Um, I think taking on that new was was good. I think that's only going to build the business, I think, Um, I want to get a little bit more of a base in terms of bodybuilding clients. I'd love to go down that route as well. I think um, me and Stu have got a few projects lined up in terms of what we want to build um, just to kind of expand things a bit more. So that'll be good. Um, And then I've got to get this whole PhD submitted. I think I've got to get that doctor status and get it ticked off. Because at the moment, Origin Project's a a three-day-a-week thing. Like The PhD takes up the other four. Um, Once it goes seven days a week, Happy days. Um, I can take on a lot more people. I can deal with a lot more people. But right now, it's kind of being quiet in the background of things. Um, so six, 12 months time, it's a completely different beast. Um, it's exciting. I've just got to kind of rein it in a bit because you always want to help people, don't you? That's the yeah, bother. Yeah, um, and just being quiet for a bit is, is proven difficult. But we'll get there. Um, and it's also being able to say no to people um yeah i've been doing that quite a lot if i've got people now who come to me who i don't think is a good fit i'm very very happy to send them somewhere else so i've got a few people that i do send them to um depend on this type of person that comes um just so that they feel like they still get some element of help because i don't want to leave people in the lurch like um but i have started doing that which is a nice position to be in i suppose but now i can take them on because i've got this new coach so
0: yeah and i've done the same and when people come to me and said i want to do this i want to achieve this and i said listen i can't do that with you but this is the best coach i would go for for that sort of thing Great. and it would be very easily for me to go do you know what yeah go on and i'll take take a few hundred quid i'll do this yes, that, and then, yeah. um, you might do me else as you say i'll give you a step cha- step thing i'll give you a protein target i'll give you three workouts a week come and fucking do it sort of thing but i don't find that because i find better things when people come back oh do you know what thank you very much for that I appreciate that. And it builds, builds a better relationship with you and that person because further in line, they might actually have someone who will fit your thing a lot better. Um, yeah. than just going, yeah, yeah. And then giving them a shit client, shit, um, result sort of thing, if you like.
1: Um, cause I had one bloke who came to me and asking me if I, I could take him to an enhanced bodybuilding show. I'm like, mate, I, I can't do that. Like that's not something I'm ever going to go into. Um, no. I'm not the right fit for you, but I can tell you somebody who is. So he's gone and gone to somebody who is. And I had a girl come to me who had kind of previous eating disorders and was having, she was like, I just don't want to track. And the way I do things is quite prescriptive. So I was like, I know somebody who can do like a more holistic and food focused approach who you would suit. So I sent her to her. So um, you're right, it's finding the right fit for certain people. And I think if you're reputable and you push people to the right people, it's all karma in it.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about five years time then? Where we've been, where where's Sean Astin going to be? Five years time, and I know I'm I'm not one of these like manifesting and fucking, do you know I mean? But where where do you see yourself five years time,
1: mate? Honestly, not a clue. Um, I have a business model in mind of what I would like. Whether it takes five years or longer, I'm not I'm not going to rush it um we'll see what comes of it because i think you can play it, your mindset can change in 6 months like yep. i know kind of where i want it to be i'm leaving it a little bit hazy in case it does change and I'm, so i'm not disappointed with where i want to get to i'll just take it almost day by day either that or um i do well on crypto and all of a sudden i'm retired and living in the maldives like who knows <laughs> uh, are you uh, invested in this are you? oh mate just i'm invested in some decent stuff but i'm also invested in some nonsense stuff and the not <laughs> So much salt, ask astu. He's like, get me on the nonsense stuff. So I sent him some, some, some stuff to get on the uh, safe moon and all of those stupid things. Like, it's a laugh, but it's it's you got to be sensible with it. But I I, I will be honest, not for me. Um, because no, not, was- there's a lot of people it's not for, and I it's, it's the thing is for me. I used to. Like betting on football, and I'm like, I look at it now, and I'm like, what a complete waste of money. Whereas with crypto, when you have some understanding of, of kind of the markets and how things move and what you're expecting to see, I think it's it's still some element of risk. But if you know how to manage the risk, I think it's it's a better bet than actually physically betting. Because I just think it is. I just think it it's done all right for me so far. And I think as long as you're sensible with it and you don't throw ridiculous amounts of money at it, unless you know what you're doing, um, you'll be all right. So
0: as you mentioned betting on football. My last episode, no, the previous one, episode twelve, was about betting and addiction. Um, because it's something I've gone into uh and severely fucking hated and do you know what I mean and, and now I don't bet. So
1: me no, no, same. Never. The only person I bet on, funnily enough, is Tom. Because I'm like <laughs> it'll be sound, it'll be all right. <laughs> it'll be all right. Do you know what I mean? And it's something that I've
0: doing, have, I know how the market works and I know how things, but I know if I started, um, I don't know if I could get that control that I've got now, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and as I say, it's the same when it comes to tracking food and stuff and I understand how people do get obsessive in into a point yeah. um, as well as using it as a tool. You can turn it off, you don't have to, I mean, it's not so daunting as a lot of people do think as well. Um, what's been your biggest achievement so far? Oh, when? Or oh, just generally. So, first of all, as Sean Aspinall, second of
1: all with Origin Project. Um, oh, God. Um, biggest achievement for me so far? Um, honestly, mate, I don't have a clue. Honestly, I couldn't answer that question. It's very, very difficult. I think... Right there's no kind of standout things, but there's a lot of small things that you take pride from, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um I'm not for myself. I don't know. Um Maybe that's for a different podcast because it would be a long story if you wanted to go down that route, but maybe that's for a different one. Yeah. Um Origin project. I think it's more than I ever thought it would be. Um, And I like that, but I like the kind of community aspect that we've built. I like the way it's growing. I like, changing people and helping people do it properly um you know what does me is when i get messages from clients about how well they feel or how good they feel or this felt amazing in the gym and i've never done it like this before but it feels like i thought it should do and i'm like it's nice to see people doing it properly and it puts my mind at ease that people are getting where they want to be in a sensible kind of evidence-based manner and i think that for me is what it is because i don't get I don't get pride from the money or, or anything else. I like to work and I like to help people. And that's where I get it from is, is as long as people are doing well and managing, I'm happy with that. Fair enough. That's a great answer to be fair. So I mentioned to you earlier that I've got one question to you. That...
0: Let's go. I've been waiting for this. So say now you are called, you, you go through, you're an elite athlete, you, you know, you kickboxing, you tie fighting. What's going to yeah. be your walkout song? Now, uh, one song, one song. Welcome
1: to the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. That was quite a quick answer as well. It's why I just used to come out to anyway, but I just don't right, like okay. to change it. I'm like, I. there was a bit of a hype during when Avicii brought out levels and everybody was doing levels. I'm like, that's a class walkout song. Yeah. But um, Welcome to the jungle is just the one. That kind of song hits different. I can't listen to it on its own. But in a fight setting, I'm like, imagine the lights down, the old <laughs> arena. There's 20,000 people. right? lights are down. It just drops. Welcome to the jungle starts, and you come out on the beat, and everybody's just like,
0: ah,
1: like that's the one. It just, it just feels different. That one does. Mine would be a chasing status and credits. Yes, good shout. Very good shout. Yeah, which is a
0: bit different to what a lot of people be. A lot of people be like, oh, it'd be the. I mean, um. What was it, uh, for Chelsea Dagger and all this? Do you mean you get all this? And I'm like,
1: nah, nah. I think you oh, brought about all that kind of hype and all that stuff yeah. around those songs. I'm like, or oh, oh, uh, Kanye West Black Skinhead. I've not heard that one in all honesty. I know. Oh. First thing to do after this, I'm on
0: it. I'm on it, right? Um, but you're a big fan of you mentioned the nonsense earlier. You're a big fan of Dragon Ball Z Yu Gi Oh! which one is it? Uh, no,
1: it is Dragon Ball Z. I'm actually wearing a Dragon Ball Z hoodie right now.
0: Like, I remember when we, when, like, I'm going to say as, like, when we were younger, not as when we were children, because that would be, I mean, um, I used to collect Pokemon cards and U- Yu-Gi-Oh,
1: yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh U- 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 cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was it Dragon Ball Z cards as well? Or? <laughs> no, mate, I was Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards as well. Um, it's funny because every time I post something on my story about Dragon Ball Z, I get a message from Tom and he just goes, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> um, obsessed, I have no idea what it is. Um, I don't tend to watch TV, right? This is my thing. Put me on BBC ITV, I'm, I'm, I'm asleep, not interested. Netflix, not interested. Anime, just hits different. I can't explain it um, because, like, the missus is out last night and she comes back in. like what are you watching i'm like the dragon ball film she's like you've watched it seven times i'm like so um but honestly i don't know what it is like if you look at a bloke there's a there's a bloke called steve hall there's a bloke called jackson pierce it must be a bodybuilding thing because if you look at the physiques of the blokes in dragon ball it must just attract people who want to look like that um if you haven't watched it right just watch dragon ball super because dragon ball takes a while to get into but dragon ball super it's different, or just watch the film. Watch Dragon Ball Super, Broly, the film. An hour and ten minutes of your life—it'll change your life.
0: But someone said this to me about uh, Maze Runner, and it's probably the worst film I've ever oh, seen. Oh, nah, trash. Um, so, but I—I I will take that on board next time. I'm gonna—I'm
1: gonna send you the link later. Dragon
0: Ball next, Super. Next like, next time my my missus asked me, "Can you pick a film to watch?" I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." Don't <laughs> <People laughs> do it. The women don't like it. She makes me turn it off. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah. Sean, it's been amazing. Mate, has been good. Um, it, to be fair, a lot longer than I thought as well. It's been brilliant. You can just clip it up. You'll be fine. I, mate, I don't edit anything. Don't, oh really? No, I don't. So it'll go on as we've done it. So when you walked away early and when to get the charger, it'll be on. This will be on now. It's, Offer. I don't, mate, I don't spend time editing clips because you'll edit the best parts out. Yeah. Uh, without thinking, you'll be like, oh, that was shit there. But actually it was a great part of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Mate, I'm looking forward to seeing what what's uh, on the horizon for you.
1: Um, hey, mate. keep flushing, flushing these shit coaches out, eh? Mate, that's the goal in it. That's the goal. Just wean them all out. Now lockdown's over, they'll have they'll have got the cash and they'll be back to normal. 95.
0: You know they'll be back selling their ketones. Um, no problem at all,
1: won't they? Oh, mate, either that or they'll be doing wax candles because that seems to be the thing at the moment as well. <laughs> Why is everybody doing candles? Don't because my missus is obsessed with buying candles.
0: I've said I've said if you buy a candle the, the, for every candle you buy in another one goes to the bin and I, th- I find that a fair trade yeah, um, yeah. but it, it seems See, it's so
1: expensive as well so expensive uh, she must be lying about the prices then Mrs nah, <laughs> right. comes home with all these candles from these places I've never heard of she's like it's this much I'm like what a waste and then it is me buying Dragon Ball Z and stuff so can't talk <laughs> <laughs> cost of four candles for that I know mate it would
0: but yeah, no, Sean, it been amazing. I was going to call you Tom there. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, and for anyone who's listening on Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, please hit five-star review and get me back in the charts. Um, every other podcast will be like, oh, help with visibility. No, I want to get in the charts. So yeah, thank you very much.